you're probably thinking, Hannah Cadman looks different. Um, it was meant to be Hannah Cadman uh, th this morning. Um, she's been unwell over the weekend, so we've, we've just juggled uh, things around. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my message forward two weeks. It's going to feel a little bit out of sync, so I'm going to talk about Ascension Sunday today. And I know it's not Ascension Sunday, but we just uh, jiggled things around just so Hannah can get to speak. So she's going to bring her message next week, and then we've got something very, very special for you the week after. But before I, before I do that, I want to just tell you a story I heard the other day about, um, about when God first created the animals. So when God first created the animals, he created the dog first. Any dog lovers? Notice there's, there's no cats in this story, by the way. God didn't create cats. But God said to the dog, dog, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anyone who walks past. And if you do this, I'll give you a lifespan of 20 years. The dog said, well, that's a long time to be barking. How about if you give me 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10? God says, okay. Second day, God creates the monkey. And he says to the monkey, okay, you, you're going to entertain people. You're going to do tricks. You're going to make people laugh. And if you do this well, I'll give you a 20-year lifespan. And the monkey thinks about it. He says, I can't do that for 20 years. That's a really long time. Can, can I do what the dog did? And I'll do 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10. God says, okay. The third day, God creates the cow. And he says, you've got to go into the field and you're going to work for the farmer all day long and slave away under the sun. You're going to have babies. You're going to provide for the farmer's family. And if you do this well, I'll give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow thought, well, that's a tough life. How about if I, if I do it for, 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 for 20 and I give you back the other 40? God says, okay. Fourth day, God creates man. And he says to man, eat, sleep, play, marry, enjoy your life, and I'll give you 20 years. But the man says, 20 years? That's not enough. I'll tell you what, can I have the 40 the cow gave back, the 10 the monkey gave back, and the 10 the dog gave back? That gives me 80 years. Is that all right? God says, yeah, yeah, sure. So that's why for the first 20 years, we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy ourselves. For the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. For the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And for the last 10 years, we sit on the porch and bark at everyone that goes past. But you know, the truth is, for some of us, that sums up our life. That's, that's, that's my idea of life. That's how life's going to be. But can I tell you, who knows God's got a better plan? You know, God says this in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. God has plans for you. Thank you, Rob. God's got plans for the rest of you as well. God has plans for you. Do you know what? He's got more for you than you're currently experiencing. It doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 50 years or five minutes, God has a plan for your life. These plans, guess what? They're good. They are plans for good, and if you follow them, they'll give you a future and a hope. And it's interesting because we often stop there, and we nail this to like our bathroom wall, or we pin it up. In our living room. But look at, well, look at what the next verse says. It says that the, the, when we pray, God will listen. But look at the order of that. When you pray, you pray first. When you pray, I'll listen. When you, when you, when you look for me, 
you'll find me. But what have you got to look? You've got to look wholeheartedly. It requires an all-in attitude. I'm convinced in life you'll only get the best if you give your best. You know that phrase, you know, go hard or go home. I think, I think it's true. I think it, it rings true in faith. And, and some people kind of dabble in faith. There's no getting away from that. And, and one speaker, he calls it fire insurance. That I'm just covered enough that I'm not going to go to hell. I'm just covered enough to go to heaven. And, the, and their faith journey is sporadic. You know, I'll come to church if I haven't got anything better to do. Or, or, or when things start going wrong, that's when I'll consider God. And, and, and actually, I think Ascension Day is a great day to renew our focus. It's a great opportunity to renew our focus because Ascension Day is about focus. Ascension Day is about direction. It's about intention. I'll come back to that. Uh, but I heard a story once, and I, and I apologize if you, if you heard this before, but I love this, this story. But has anyone ever been to a, a Greyhound racing track or seen one on the telly or, or seen one in a film? You know, those big kind of 200-meter tracks, and they, they get the dogs, and they, they, they line the dogs up, and there's a mechanical rabbit. And, and the dogs are in these cages, and they fire this rabbit down the track, and off the dogs go. And, and the dogs chase this rabbit. Now, now, the amazing thing about these dogs, they're not distracted. They are chasing this rabbit. And they are running after this rabbit all the way around. And there's a, there's a story that one race meeting in Florida, the, the, the dogs are lined up. And, and off the rabbit goes. The rabbit goes shooting around this track, and the, the gates open, and the dogs are off, and they're, they're running around, and halfway around the course, there's a mechanical fault, and the rabbit explodes. And there's springs, and there's wires, and there's fur, and there's fluff everywhere, and this is what happened. Most of the dogs stopped and sat down. Some of the dogs kept running, ran into the fencing, and injured themselves. Some dogs turned around and just howled at the crowd. Not a single dog finished the race because they'd lost their focus. They'd lost the thing they were chasing. And I just want to suggest when there's nothing to chase, we struggle to find our focus. We struggle to find our meaning. So you'll, you'll either give up and just sit down. You'll, 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 you'll hurt yourself because you're chasing the wrong thing. Or you'll just shout at everyone else. And I I want to encourage you, if you find something to chase, if you find a sense of purpose and you you go all in, you'll find fulfillment. I want to encourage you this morning to go all in. Chase the rabbit. Go to a place where you can say, I'm giving God 100% because I'm convinced you'll never get the best God has to offer you until you give your best. So here's the question, really, really simple question. How much of your life are you giving God? Is he just... A Sunday morning God? Is he, is he a weekend God? Is he, is he God when it's not the holidays? Are you all in? Because the word the Bible uses is, is disciple. And, and discipleship could be summarized by this one statement, how am I growing after my decision to follow Jesus? So how are you growing? And I just want to lay the, 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 the biblical foundations of this. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, God saved you by his Grace. Now, grace means you get something you didn't deserve. Mercy is not getting something you did deserve. So, so God gives us both mercy and grace. We're saved by grace. He gave us something that we didn't deserve. He paid for our sins. Why didn't we deserve that? Because we're the ones that committed them. But he did it anyway. It was that free gift to us. We didn't earn that. And Paul says it's not 
a reward. You can't pray enough. You can't give enough. You can't uh, come to church enough to get saved. None of that will get you saved. You're saved by grace. God gives it to us. It's free. And, and, and some of us, we leave it there. And we never get to the next verse because it's all grace, 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 grace. I live in grace. I can do whatever I want because I live in grace. And that's okay. And God loves me no matter what I do. God loves me. And that's all okay because I live under grace. Rubbish. It's not true. God loves you no matter what you do, but it's not a love you can just abuse. And, and some of us think as well, you know, once I'm saved, that's it. Once I'm saved, I don't need to do anything else. That's not true either because the next verse says this. We are God's masterpiece. It's, it's fascinating. If you look at the Greek in that, the actual word there is you are God's poem. God wrote a poem. And it was you. Why did he write it? He created you anew so you can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's got a plan for you. And actually, that plan is to do the work that he's prepared for you to do. Paul says another way in Philippians, he says this, work hard. Work hard, not to earn your salvation, but to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you. God wants to work in you. God wants to work in you. And the question is, are you, are you allowing him to work in you? And when you do that, look what happens. He gives you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And can I be honest, there's times when you don't feel like it. It's a bit like the gym, you know, that <laughs> you look at the gym sometimes and think, I know the gym's good for me, but I just don't fancy it. I know that 5K run is going to be good for me, but I just don't fancy it. Do the same with God, with exercise. You know, no one wants to start exercising. But when you do and you start to see the difference, when you start to see the benefits, what happens? You want to do it more. So when you start giving everything to God, actually he's going to give you the desire to do it more. And he's going to give you the power to do what pleases him. But, but here's the thing. I can't do it for you. I can't exercise for you. You know, if you want to lose three stone, I can't lose three stone on your behalf. What I can do is help you train. Because actually Paul says this, that the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, their responsibility is to do what? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. God says we are here to work. We're here to show the results of our salvation. And so you, so you might be thinking, well, what's the work? What is the work? And we've all got different talents and, and abilities and, and things we're, we're great at and and, and, and that's where they all come in. But I, I think that we find what the work is in the very, very last words of Jesus. Jesus says this in Acts 1. The disciples are talking to Jesus. It's really fascinating. They say to Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom? When are you going to set us free? When are you going to boot the Romans out of Jerusalem? And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. You don't need, need to know what God's going to do because I've got something for you to do. And he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the work. I'll say it this way, the purpose of every Christian is to fulfill the Great Commission. That's the work. I want you to notice in the text, it does not say you might receive power. 
and, and you, you could be my witnesses. There's no ifs, there's no maybes, there's, there's no should, no, no, no. You will receive power and you will, you will be my witnesses. So I need to tell you this morning, whether you like it or not, if you're here and you're a Christian, you're being his witness. Now the question is, what type of witness are you being? Because our life tells others our version of Jesus. I don't know if you know that. So, so if you're just rude to people, that's the version of Jesus you're portraying. If you walk around Newbridge with a face like a bulldog chewing a wasp, that's the version of Newbridge you're portraying. If you're, if you're only in church one out of four Sundays because church isn't important, that's the version of Jesus you're portraying. If you know the Bible says one thing and you're blatantly going against it, that's the version of Jesus you're portraying. But if you're humble, if you work for justice, if you're compassionate, if you're generous, that's the version of Jesus you're portraying. Because you're his witnesses. You are his witnesses. 1 Peter 3 says this, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now notice the order there, you worship God first. And then what happens? Someone asks you about your, your faith. They're not going to ask you about your faith if you're not showing you've got one. So you worship him as Lord first. There's a quote, uh, Francis of Assisi, there's, there's, no there's no evidence that he ever said this, but it's kind of been attributed to him. He said this, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. That's what we're called to do. We're called to preach the gospel, to be his witnesses in everything we do and say. And I want to be quite practical this morning, if I can. I uh, just want to give you really, really quickly a few things you can do, the things that will, will enable you to preach the gospel. And, and the first thing for every Christian is this, and I just felt really strongly as I was, I was writing this, is we witness through water baptism. 27 times in the Bible, when someone gave their life to Jesus, the very, very next thing they did was get baptized. It's not an option. It's a principle. You know, there's, there's parts of it that says, believe and be baptized. Look, if you look at the, the story of Paul, now if you don't know Paul's story, Paul is going around, he's persecuting Christians, he's killing Christians, he, he, and, and suddenly Jesus shows up, and, and, and Jesus blinds him, and, and, and sends him away for three days, just sits in a room for three days, totally blind. And then, then God sends a man to go and see Paul. And this is what the man says to Paul. The, the man says, the God of our ancestors has chosen you, Paul, to know his will, to see the righteous one, to hear him speak. You are to be his witness, telling people what you've seen and heard. So, so Paul's going to be a witness for Jesus, but what happens next? What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. The first thing he does, and I want to encourage you if, you, if you haven't been baptized, just do it. If Jesus bled for you, you can get your head wet. And just to make things clear there, there's, there's no infant baptism in the Bible, by the way. Baptism is, is always after someone comes to faith. Now, I'm not knocking or, or undermining infant baptism. If you were, if you were christened as, as a child, I was. That's beautiful. It's just not in the Bible. Baptism is always after someone comes to faith. It's why we as a church, we dedicate babies, we baptize believers. 
Baptism is a witness to others. It doesn't save you. It demonstrates you've been saved. And I love the way the Living Bible puts this. It says, in baptism, we show that we've been saved. And the water doesn't clean our physical body, but it's a symbol of us. We're we're turning to God and we're asking him to cleanse our hearts from sin. Baptism is a symbol. It's like a wedding ring. My, My wedding ring doesn't make me married, but it tells people I am. It tells people I belong to Hannah. Baptism says I belong to Jesus. So you can be a witness uh, through, through baptism, but, but, but also then once you've been baptized, you can start thinking, about, okay, how can I use what I've got to serve others? How can I be a witness through, uh, I've used the word works. I don't really like the word works. It feels a bit kind of lawish, but, but it begins with W, so I liked it. But look what Paul says to the Christians. He says this, make me truly happy by agreeing, there's that word again, wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Peter says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Do what? Use them well to serve each other. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak. If you've got a gift, use it. Do it. Speak as though God was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Whatever your gift is, use it. Whatever it is God has placed in your your capabilities, use it. Do what you are uniquely good at and do it well so you can be a witness for Jesus. It says this, that everything you do will bring glory to God. And can I say, all around this church, there are opportunities to use your gifts. And it's all about witness. Our toddler group, they, we, we go over 50 toddlers and parents and grandparents every Tuesday. Now, they don't come to this church. They're from the community. We are being a witness through serving them tea, through copious amounts of toast, through sitting with mums who are hurting, with mums who are struggling, with mums who are just trying to work out how they do this life. We need people to serve these mums and dads, I should say. We need people to come alongside these people. We need people to come and be a witness to them. We're not here to just smack them with a Bible. We're here to love them. We're here to serve them. We're here to demonstrate the love of God to them. We, we need people who can deliver baby clothes. So at least three or four times a month, we'll get a text saying, I need some baby clothes, or I need some baby milk, or I need some baby food. Do you know what? If you can smile, if you can drive and you know how to smile, you're qualified. And you can go and deliver these parcels. We need musicians. Our band are fantastic, but I'd love more of them. We need people who can run a sound system. We need people who are good with computers, children's workers, youth workers, people who love cleaning, people who are good at DIY, people who are good at finance, people who are good in in law or administration or decorating or cooking. Whatever your gift is, there's a role. Whatever your gift is, there's a place where you can serve others and use that gift to be a witness. I'm going to invite the band to join me as, as we start to close. So just very, very briefly this morning, you can be a witness through water baptism. You can be a witness through works, but also you can be a witness through your words. And that's where I want to land this morning. That everything we do is witness. 
everything we do, we're speaking Jesus into our community. We're speaking Jesus to our friends. We're speaking Jesus to our work colleagues. We're speaking Jesus to our neighbors. Now, how we do that depends on how we do it. Depends on how we witness. Through baptism, we speak Jesus. Through serving, we speak Jesus. But, but sometimes we actually need to speak Jesus. Sometimes we actually need to speak the name of Jesus. And St. Francis of Assisi said, you know, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Francis of Assisi used words. He preached sermons. He wrote books. He wrote poetry. During the Crusades, Francis of Assisi went to preach to the Christians who were attacking the Muslims. And he would stay there and preach to them for, for, for a couple of days. And do you know what he did next? He crossed the line and went and preached to the Muslims. And there's a story that for about a week, he preached to the Muslims. Same message, same gospel. He used words, constantly declaring the name of Jesus. And if we're honest, you look at the world today, the devil is doing everything he can to stop us. The devil is doing everything he can to stop us speaking the name of Jesus. And you can read it in the news all the time. And this isn't new. It's not a new thing, by the way. If you look in Acts, the first Christians are told not to speak about Jesus. And there's a story where Peter says this to the religious leaders. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. We can't stop. We can't stop speaking Jesus. And they're arrested and they're beaten the very next day, they're out speaking Jesus again. And their whole attitude is this. We don't care what you say. We're going to speak Jesus. And if you read through Acts, it's, it's by the name of Jesus they see healings. It's by the name of Jesus they see miracles. By the name of Jesus they declared salvation. Paul says this in Philippians. He talks about Jesus. He said, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor. He gave him the name above all other Names. Now focus on this line, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. At the name of Jesus. In heaven and on earth and even under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord. That's our promise. That when we speak Jesus, it carries power. When we speak Jesus, it brings life. When we speak Jesus, it brings healing. When we speak Jesus, it brings freedom. When we speak Jesus, it brings peace. When we speak Jesus, it changes everything. Jesus said, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. The two go hand in hand. The power is in the name of Jesus. The power is in the witnessing. The power is in the name of of Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. The band are going to lead us in a song, and for some of you, it might be a new song. Others of you will have heard it in our prayer meetings, but it's a song about speaking the name of Jesus. It's a song about speaking the name of Jesus over your life, over the lives of others. You know, at church, I believe you can speak Jesus over someone who isn't here. And that will open up an opportunity for you to speak into their lives. So as, as the band sing this song, I, I want to do something slightly different. I want you to hold someone in your heart.
or hold a situation in your heart, and I want you to speak Jesus over it. Speak his presence. Speak his peace. Speak his light. Speak his goodness. Speak his life, his power, his provision, his wisdom. Whatever it is and whatever that that person or, or, or even you are going through, speak Jesus over it. Maybe it's someone who isn't walking with God. Speak Jesus over them. Maybe there's a diagnosis. Speak Jesus over it. Maybe there's a situation with a colleague or a a, a situation with a family member. Speak Jesus. Maybe someone you know needs a miracle. Speak Jesus. Speak Jesus over situations. Speak Jesus over finances. Speak Jesus over relationships. Speak Jesus over households because his name is the name above all other names. Everything bows to his name. Let's speak out his church. Speak out his name. We speak Jesus. The band are going to sing over us. So whatever it is that's on your heart right now, whatever it is that's in your mind, hold it. Speak Jesus over it.
Every heart and every 
Jesus said this, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. Father God, help us to go out of this place and shout Jesus from the mountains. Shout Jesus in the street. Shout Jesus over our families. Shout Jesus in our workplaces. Because your name is power. Your name brings healing. Your name gives life. So God, we don't want this just to be a holy moment on a Sunday morning. But we take this with us into our community. We speak Jesus into the dark places. Newbridge, Caerphilly, Wales, to the ends of the earth. We declare we have a king who reigns on the throne. We speak Jesus. So God, send us out with your name on our lips. Everywhere we go, we pray. You know what God's people said? done. Have a fantastic rest of your morning. Go out. Speak Jesus. We'll see you soon.